The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning and afternoon. For those of you listening, I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. This is Maximize Your Life. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Or you can always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we're talking about health hacks to thrive through the holidays. Now, I think like surviving the holidays always sounds like the worst. I'll never forget my husband was deployed and we were pregnant with our second. And so he was, he was gone. So at the time, we had an 18-month-old and a newborn. And he was gone for, you know... 10 months. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I, this is such a, I mean, it's a, it's very hard. Like, that's a very hard season, especially because, um, you know, we don't have family here. But I remember thinking, this is not going to be a time that I want to look up and say, you know what? I survived that time. Cause I was like, it's only that for 10 months, like, it's the first time they like giggle and smile and roll over and crawl and, all of the things and I never wanted to look back and say I'm so disappointed that I was just quote trying to survive through that when in reality I was going to figure out how I make the best of it and how I thrive through it and so that kind of reminds me of today is like sometimes through the holidays like in granite there are different family situations that arise like maybe this is your first um holidays without a loved one or with a new diagnosis or you know like sometimes the holidays are hard because everything is amplified now that being said some of these health hacks the design obviously is um you know kind of food based often but i want to give you some other like really applicable tools that allow you so when you look back you're like gosh that was not only great but i really thrived through that from a health related standpoint sometimes it's physical emotional mental um but like how we really thrive forward and i think that's a really important aspect like if we look at life and think, gosh, I'm just here to survive it. It's like, what are we doing? Like, I don't feel as if anybody's specific purpose is just to, you know, survive the day. I think it's one where we thrive and there's different aspects and different situations, but let's figure out how we can take some actionable steps in order to be able to thrive. So, but before that, let's talk about some news. 
Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's health news, bigger bellies in 40s and 50s linked to early signs of Alzheimer's disease. thought this was really interesting. So they talk about inflammation from belly fat may be linked to early stages of Alzheimer's disease decades before symptoms begin. New research has found. So they said, we've known for a while that the size, the belly size gets larger, the memory centers in the brain get smaller. And this comes from the Alzheimer's disease researcher, Dr. Richard Isaacson, a preventative neurologist at the Institute of Neurodegenerative Disease of Florida. <laughs> it's always such a mouthful, those names. He said, this study shows a brain imaging marker of neuroinflammation, which I had not seen before said Dr. Isaacson, who was not involved in the new study. The brain imaging links the belly fat or visceral fat to the brain dysfunction through an uh, an inflammatory cascade. The study found that individuals in their 40s and 50s with a greater amount of hidden belly fat had a higher amount of abnormal protein called amyloid in the part of the brain that we know is one of the earliest places where Alzheimer's occurs. Beta amyloid plaques in the brain are one of the hallmark signals of Alzheimer's, although with tangle of the protein called tau. Amyloid plaques appear first with tau tangles arriving later as the disease progresses. There's a sex difference as well, where the men had a higher relationship between their belly fat and amyloid than women. The reason that's important is because men have more visceral fat than women. The study also found a relationship between deep belly fat and brain atrophy or wasting away of gray matter in the part of the brain memory center called the hippocampus. So that's important because the brain's atrophy is another biomarker of Alzheimer's. The brain's gray matter contains the majority of brain cells that tells the body what to do. White matter is made up of fibers, typically distributed into bundles called tracts, which form connections between the brain cells and the nervous system, right? Kind of heavy, not really though. So we've also found that the individuals with higher amounts of visceral fat, belly fat, tend to have more inflammation in the widespread white tract matter of the brain. Without functional white tract, the brain cannot adequately communicate to different parts of the brain and the body. So uh, this was published as a pilot study in the Journal of Aging and Disease a couple months back. Um, And his original team imaged the brain and bellies of 32 adults aged 40 to 60. The team kept adding participants and are now presenting information on additional 20 people, 52 total. Um, As more people were added to the study, details of how inflammation of belly fat on those parts of the brain where Alzheimer originates became into focus. The brain changes they found were modest but significant. So they talk about basically visceral fat. So most people think of subcutaneous fat, which is what you pinch like, right, like around your waistline, 
where subcutaneous fat typically makes up 90% of the body, visceral fat, think visceral like organ, can't be poked, prodded, or pinched. Visceral fat hides behind the abdominal muscles deep in the belly, wraps itself around vital organs. Both types secrete hormones and other molecules, but experts say that visceral fat is more metabolically active, sending signals that can trigger insulin resistance and other health issues. So um, here's the good news through all of this, though. They talk about how visceral fat is easier to lose. Visceral visceral fat responds well to diet and exercise. It's easier to lose visceral fat from diet and exercise than subcutaneous fat because visceral fat is more easily metabolized and burned, right? So um, obviously there's multiple things that can target body fat, like exercise, nutrition. They talked about um, strength training for a few times a week, along with fat burning, less intense cardio for 45 to 60 minutes, several times a week, reducing ultra-processed foods, replacing sugar drinks with water, limiting processed meats, watching alcohol intake, (laughs) and watch your sleep. So... It's just all one that so many times there's this um, stigma around weight and talking about weight, but it's really like what the weight is doing to your health. And more specifically, when we're talking about visceral organ-based fat, that's usually from poor diet, lack of exercise. It's It's easier to say, hey, here's this pot, like little shot, pill, potion, lotion, to try to get that to go away, you know, just because it's an easier aspect than saying, hey, do you want to exercise? Let's talk about your nutrition. Because most MDs, they're on a timeline. And so they can't have that full conversation with people. So anyways, it's one that Alzheimer's, if you've ever walked alongside of that process, is a, it's a, it's a, it's hard and it's sad. Um, so it's one where it's like, well, you know, I don't really mind buying my extra large shirts and those donuts aren't going to hurt me when in reality it's like you're going to remember your wife for less time. You're not going to be able to play with your grandkids because you're not going to remember them and you can't live on your own anymore because of the progression of Alzheimer's. And so it is a big aspect when you're like, we know that visceral organ fat increases the rate of dementia. So what, what if we start taking our health back? And taking actionable steps throughout the holidays so that it's not one one of the paths you necessarily have to lead down if you don't have to, right? So when we get back, I'm going to share with you some health hacks that help you thrive through the holidays. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It's the holidays, excited for what is coming up. And yes, I truly believe that the quote holidays, i.e. Christmas music, can start November 1st. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, listen here. It is my house. I can do whatever I want with it. So if that means that I'm going to put Christmas lights up in November, I will. If that means I'm going to play Christmas music in November, I will. Now, my love and joy for Christmas gets squashed at all you Grinches who come into the office and complain about Christmas in November. That's fine to each their own. So in the office, December 1, it's go time. Depending on where Thanksgiving falls, maybe it's like after Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? checked off that box. I am ready for joy. Don't ruin it. (laughs) And here's the other funny part too. If you're like, what's wrong with your voice? Are you sick? I'm not. This is um, the voice of a mom who has wrestlers, (laughs) which I never thought I was going to be that mom, but I was excited. So my boys are in wrestling and they had a tournament this past weekend and um, my middle got first place in the tournament. And it's only his second tournament ever. And my oldest got second in his weight class. And so it was, it was very intense. And I thought I was excited sharing, but hindsight and watching some videos that I sent to family and friends, I might have been, I wasn't like crazy like, you know, the crazy sports moms. I'm not a crazy sports mom. I'm like an excited sports mom. It is different. <clears throat> but it caught up with me a little bit today. So if you want to know why I'm so, because I'm excited to watch my boys win. It was really cool. Also, if um, you or anyone you know has wrestlers, 100% they need to see me at Greenwood Family Chiropractic because whew, those boys and some girls' spines, those wrestlers, oh, oh. listen, this is the time when you're like with the arms pulled back and the heads into mats. Like this is, don't wait till it becomes problematic. Get your kids or the people you know who wrestle, get it, get them adjusted. Okay, um, back to health hacks to help you thrive through the holidays. Thrive. So now here's ones over the course of time where like you're never going to be able to escape. You cannot, I mean you can, but you probably shouldn't. Be a hermit and just say, I'm not going to go anywhere for the holidays because, you know, I'm, I eat a certain way or I think a certain way. So I, you probably know I have a little bit more of a mm, holistically minded, naturally focused. And more than anything, I just don't feel good when I really eat awry more than anything. So yeah, we talked about waistlines and what that has to do with your brain health. And that is a really important aspect. I don't feel good. My joints ache. I don't sleep as well. I feel bloated. My digestion stinks. All the things. Like I just, I don't want to feel like that. Also, I read a statistic somewhere years ago. I won't be able to reference it. I can't remember where I found it. But it talked about how the average individual gains weight, but three pounds are what they don't lose. And so cumulatively, you think over the course of like five years of holidays, that's 15 pounds of holiday weight that is not lost. 
which I thought was really interesting. So uh, I'm not a hermit, but I do have to go places that might not be as congruent with what I think. So here's a couple things that I've learned and what I do to help thrive through the holiday. Uh, one thing that I do that is very helpful, and I would I would power empower you to maybe if you don't do all of these, try one or two throughout the holidays because you're gonna have a lot of holiday parties coming up. Try one or two of these throughout the holidays to see how you do with them, uh, and then add them in as you go. Number one is that I will, if we have a holiday party, typically they're in the afternoon or the evening, I will intermittent fast that day. I will fast. So my fasting, and there's kind of mixed, but I do black coffee on my fast. What about cream? Black. Black coffee. Black coffee means no cream or no sugar or no artificial. Black coffee. Um, Again, some people say that Caffeine stimulates, more specifically coffee, stimulates the liver, so it expels excess glycogen. That's cool. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I do black coffee. And what this does is it it makes me a little bit more focused. I will also try to get a workout in of some sort. Sometimes we're traveling up to my husband's family, and so I don't have a gym membership up there. But we'll try to go on a walk. It is further north, so it is quite a bit colder than it is down here. But I'll even try to get an early morning walk in or um, even in the garage. We'll do body weights. So we can do air squats. We can do jumping jacks. We can do um, push-ups. We could do modified push-ups, right? Like we can – there's a ton of stuff that you can do from a body weight perspective. That is one aspect I will say that the intranet – has brought us is how to do like at home body weight workouts um, effectively. So those are ones like just get some movement in there more than anything for a couple different things. Number one, movement uh, in and of itself helps produce really happy, healthy neurotransmitters, right? Like (laughs) this isn't funny. I don't know why I laugh, but um, my husband and I a couple months back went and had just like a vacation with he and I and no kids so we went and we had some nice dinners and laid by the pool and I got to have some cocktails and um when I got home my cat was like dying so that night we got home at like five and we had to put her down later that evening so it was like really sad so we were up really really late there's a time change from the travel that we had And the morning when I got up, the gym that I work out at has a 7 a.m. workout, which means I have to be like up at, you know, 6.15, which really isn't that big of a deal. But the fact that by the time we had gotten home and, you know, all of that, it was like probably, I don't know, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I still got up and worked out. (laughs) When I tell you that that workout was a show up and check the box kind of workout, but I'm like, listen, is this going to be like a record-setting workout for me? Nope. Is it going to be one that they look at me and say, I think you could do a heavier weight? Yep. Did I show up? Did I move my body? Yes. And for me, it wasn't anything about calories or for me, what it was more than anything is I know um, the positive 
neurotransmitters that come when there's exercise. And so I'm like, I need all of those happy, healthy endorphins in my brain right now more than anything. (laughs) And so it was just one that I'm like, all right, like, here's how I move and shake. So did I want to get up? No. Was I my best self when I was there? Also, no. But I will tell you, I, I did feel better. You know, it was just one. So any sort of movement I feel like is really helpful. It doesn't have to be full-fledged workouts as much as being able to just get moving. The other thing that I really like too is figuring out how you can get um, sunshine. And this is a kind of like a biohack, not just for the holidays, but life in general. So the sun is so important when it comes to not just vitamin D, because I talk a lot about that, right? Like sun exposure, vitamin D. This is very different when it also comes to your eyes. The human eye, again, let's let's put a little like um, disclaimer on this. This is not staring directly into the sun, okay? But this is allowing the eyes to be exposed to natural outdoor light, right? Um, so the human eye contains photosensitive cells in its retina with connections directly to the pituitary gland in the brain. So stimulation of these important cells comes from sunlight, more specifically the blue unseen spectrum. But they talk about how, um, this was published in 2008, British Journal of uh, Ophthalmology, that photoreceptors play a vital role in human physiology and health. So it affects not just the brain, but the entire body. So the photosensitive cells also directly affect the brain's hypothalamus region. So what's the hypothalamus? It's what controls our biological clock. It influences our circadian rhythm, not just important for jet lag, um, but normal sleep patterns, hormone regulation, increased reaction time, and behavior. So most of the cells in the human body have an important uh, cyclic pattern when working optimally. Uh, So just about any area in the body can falter without adequate sun stimulation. So the hypothalamus also regulates combined action of the nervous system and hormonal systems. So the brain's penile gland, or pineal, however you want to say it, um, benefits directly from sun stimulation. So the pineal gland produces melatonin, an important hormone made during dark hours that protects our skin. Again, melatonin protects our skin. In addition, melatonin is a powerful antioxidant for the body's wide use. It's important for proper sleep, which is probably where we think about it, intestinal functions, and can help prevent depression. P.S. By the way, aspirin reduces melatonin production. So if you're on a low dose of aspirin, that's some food for thought. Um, so this is one, like, and you're like, how much does this cost? <laughs> like, nothing. Again, among the brain, uh, the specific effects of the photosensitive cells are helping you out of bed each morning. The transition from sleep to waking requires the effects of the body's adrenal gland, which again is influenced by by the brain's pituitary and hypothalamus. Exposure to morning sunlight also helps raise body temperatures to normal after a slight reduction 
during sleep. And numerous brain activities, including increased alertness, better cognition, helping mood and vitality. These changes are not experienced in people until morning coffee kicks in. So taking a peek outside after the first. Now, this is one like going out without sunglasses. There are some research studies that claim that like eyeglasses, sunglasses, window blocks, contact lenses. Now, I am blind enough that if I did not put my glasses on, I should not probably be walking outside. Um, So those are ones I can put my glasses on, but then I can lift up my glasses to actually allow for light to shine in my eyes. There are, when you want to talk about biohacking, one of the best biohacks is just getting sunlight in your eyes in the early morning. So plan that extra five or 10 minutes so that you can be outside and you're like, hey, where I'm at, oftentimes I'm at the office like as the sun is starting to rise. So I'll plan to get there an extra five or 10 minutes early and I just kind of sit in the parking lot, do a little walk around so you can just get some more of that stream of sunlight in your eyes. But there is tons of good information, especially too just about brain health. Like people say seasonal affect disorder, sad. But again, they're actually looking at the physiological causes for the effect of sunlight on mood, and they're through the suprachiasmatic nuclei, (laughs) Um, and evidence by serotonin and melatonin regulation and its association with depression. So basically, they found through this study, what was it, published uh, Environmental Health 2009, So this study found there's an association between decreased exposure to sunlight and increased probability of cognitive impair um, when there's a decrease in sunlight. So I thought that was very interesting, the effects of sunlight exposure. So again, a very easy, a very simple, a very free (laughs) thing that you can do. So now when we come back, What about the day of? Are there specific health hacks that you can have? There sure are. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, that's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, to schedule your initial exam consultation. Today, we are talking about how to, health hacks, to thrive through the holidays. Again, I don't really love the verbiage of like surviving the holidays. And I and again, I do want to fully acknowledge that holiday times can be hard and different for people, different people, different years. So I do understand that. 
here's what I, I do want to talk about is that holidays are harder too with what we consume. I'm going to give you my example, which might be different. Though that being said, it was something that I personally experienced is um, one of my husband's deployments. It was before we had kids. It was our first or second deployment together. It was an Afghanistan tour, active firefighting. Like it was, it was, it was, I was scared. I was scared for him, right? My husband, I love very much. And I remember, I remember thinking, I'm allowed to be sad. And I was, right? And I was like, so I went and got a pizza, like a full pizza for myself. I added some extra vegetables. It made me feel better about myself. And I ate almost, and I got, and I got a tub of uncooked cookie dough, like raw cookie dough with zero intentions of ever cooking it. And I could feel like as I was eating this, I would like go into a little bit sadder of a state and a little bit sadder of a state. And I ordered a large pizza. So I was eating the pizza and cookie dough for like a couple consecutive days. And I just remember thinking, Leanne, you pick yourself up and figure it out, right? Like you have to keep going. I fell into this like survival mode. And I think sometimes we kind of ignore that through the holidays because we're with family and all of those things. But yet, even for anything, the holidays are just, a, they can be a sadder time. But again, from a serotonin aspect, here's what's really interesting. So they did a comparative study. It was published in 2016 in the Pakistan Journal of Pharmaceutical Sciences. And the research study was effects of a sugar-rich diet on brain serotonin, hyperphagia, and anxiety in an animal model of both genders. Right? So like, what does that mean? And I'm like, this is, this is what people experience during the holidays. So what does extra sugar a sugar-rich diet have on brain serotonin. Serotonin is our happy, healthy mood regulator. Hyperphagia is um, extreme hunger. Like it's the medical terminology for excessive or extreme hunger. So like an increased appetite. (laughs) And then anxiety. Everyone, I feel like I don't need to explain that to the average adult. So they looked at... Um, ingestion of sugar rich diets um, and its effect on mood and anxiety so gender differences occurred not only in brain serotonin metabolism but also in a serotonin mediated functional response so not only like how the body uses metabolism but how it also creates that metabolism or um the serotonin. So not only the way that it utilizes, metabolizes the serotonin, but the way that it creates that serotonin. So the um, the effects of sugar consumption on the metabolism of serotonin in the hypothalamus and the whole brain, which may be why it's relevant to the hyperphagic and anxiety effects of sugar. Um, male and female rats were fed freely on a sugar-rich diet for several weeks. Um, The hyperphagic, like the hunger responses were monitored by measuring total food intake and by body weight changes during the intervention. Um, They looked at the anxiety effects of sugar while monitoring light and dark transition tests. The The study showed that ingestion of sugar rich diet decreased serotonin metabolism more in female rats than in male rats. So it had the effect on both. 
Um, anxiety effects were elicited only in males. And then the hyperphagia, the extreme hunger, was comparable in both male and female rats. Um, findings would help in understanding the role of sugar-rich diet-induced greater decreases of serotonin and sweet cravings in women during stress. So you're like, oh, you know what that sounds like? Everyone through the holidays. <laughs> you're like, serotonin is your happy, healthy mood regulator. And what we're doing are all of the things to decrease that. What we're eating, what we're consuming. And so um, when you think about serotonin, serotonin is kind of the neurotransmitters that help send chemicals between the brain and the nerve cells. The brain is supposed to naturally produce the neurotransmitters that it needs to function but neurotransmitters in the GI tract can also contribute. So serotonin is one example. Um, but another important one could be like glutamate, dopamine, glycine, GABA, right? All of them have an effect on your brain. It's estimated that 90% of the brain serotonin is produced in the gut instead of the brain. Okay. Fun fact, guess how that serotonin gets from the gut to the brain? It travels up your vagus nerve. Which is why getting adjusted is so important. Now, here, but here's what we're doing that decreases serotonin, our happy, healthy mood regulator. Alcohol. <laughs> right? This is one that someone once said they were um, talking about how anxiety is often increased following drinking. And it's because alcohol severely disrupts the way your brain produces serotonin. And she called the like post-drinking anxiety the Sunday scaries. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's really funny. Um, aspartame, which is a fairly common artificial sweetener that people use in place of sugar. So you're like, oh my gosh, this is sugar-free. So now we come into baking season. So they're like, um, they'll use aspartame instead but the problem is, is that um, aspartame is an amino acid known as phenylalanine. There are very high, like, there's a lot of negative side effects that can come from that. Caffeine, especially in abundance, right? Um, it increases adrenals. That increases cortisol, which has an effect on blood sugar regulation. And fructose. Fructose is a natural sugar found in various carbohydrates like fruits and honey. What's really interesting is I recently got a um, continuous glucose monitor and I had a banana the other day with lunch. So I had it after I consumed lunch and it was a very large blood sugar spike. It was very interesting when I was like, oh, like that's, and the other one is trans fats, right? The primary issue is that excess levels of trans fat can reduce the production of serotonin in the brain. The second issue is that trans fat can increase inflammation in the brain. So neuroinflammation can prevent the production of omega-3 fatty acids, one of the good types of fat. So here's some actionable steps. I just had someone who asked me the other day in the office. They said, well, what, you know, how do I like bring my own food? And I'm like, oh, that's simple, <laughs> right? Like, the simple aspect is, hey, I wouldn't imagine coming to this party empty-handed, so I hope you don't mind that I brought something to share. Right? Like, who's going to be mad about that? If they're like, oh, you came to my party and you didn't want to be a big old freeloader? 
right? Like, thanks so much for bringing something. And it's not even like you have to ask. Like if someone came to my house for a party and they're like, hey, I hope you don't mind. Like I wanted to just um, help out. So I brought an extra dish. Like, okay, that's cool. Right? Like parties typically have too much food anyway. So what's a little bit more? Now, when I do that, there are also things that I will more than not bring. And it will be something that's healthy. Mm. <laughs> um, like a kind of easy go-to okay so here let me share with you some of my like go-to's where if someone invites me to a party like let me give you this example I have a family that's kind of taken me in as their own and they're a very large family and for the holidays they always do like they used to do like a big pitch-in but recently they've been doing this like soup off and so everyone brings a soup well number one I'm not very good at making soups Number two, traveling with a crock pot is not my favorite thing because inevitably it will always spill. And uh, number two, everyone's making soup. So this is one that I'll always ask and say, hey, do you mind if I just bring a salad instead? And I know her well enough that she's like, no, go ahead. Right? Because there's like 14 different types of soup. And she's like, you know, you're probably not going to win the soup off. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm at peace with that. And so I brought a salad, like a really big salad. And the first thing that I ate was a salad. And oddly enough, almost all of a salad was gone. And so what did I do? Which salad? Oh, I brought the same salad. Oh, my gosh. I brought the same salad to um, Halloween. We got together at one of my girlfriend's house. And she was doing like um, hot dogs for the kids. Or like how do we get protein in these kids? And so I got kale. And I like cut it up and cleaned it and then you do like the olive oil like massage into the um, leaves so they become a little bit softer and then I got some pre-cut up butternut squash because I hate cutting up butternut squash and I roasted that in my little convection oven and then I got some like lentils for extra protein put some goat cheese some hemp seeds for some extra omega-3 and protein oh and then I cut up an apple and it was like a little fall salad. It was so good. I think I made a dressing. It was like olive oil, mustard, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, maybe a dash of honey, salt and pepper, mustard, right? Like it was just, it was so easy. It was so easy. And it went over so good. I brought it to the um, soup off. I did not win the soup off with my salad, nor was I expecting to. Again, something I was at peace at. The other thing that I go to a lot is guacamole. It's not that hard because I have one of those little hand choppers. So um, uh, it's like the Ninja Blender, but it's just it doesn't puree. It just kind of chops it up. You probably know what I'm talking about. But um, that is tomatoes, onions, lime, salt, pepper, cilantro I just and then I pour that little puree over avocado I mash it up done probably needs a little bit more salt and garlic powder every time and then I get some healthy chips done really good healthy fat really healthy uh, cassava flour chips done another one that's my go-to is um, eggs what's the um, hard-boiled deviled eggs the deviled eggs, right? Because I can use my own good healthy mayonnaise, my own good healthy mustard. I make them. They're very easy. You just take all of the insides, also known as yolks, mash them up, 
clip off the end of like a gallon Ziploc bag and you just pipette it in. So you can literally make that beforehand, get there, and then put it in so it's not going to slosh around in the car. Done. My kids love it. It's, a, it's protein heavy. It's clean. So I'll munch on that beforehand. So here's one of the hacks, right, is that bring your own food. And again, like I don't think that's offensive to anyone. Number two, I am going to fill up first and foremost on fruits and vegetables and protein. So if we go to someone's house for a pizza party, for example, I'll bring over a really big salad just as a contribution. And I'm going to have a plate full of salad before I have a piece of pizza. Why? Because my body's processing all of those good vegetables, carb, um, like not refined carbohydrates, all the good healthy fats. So then that way I don't have this like massive blood sugar spike. Plus two, if I have like a big plate of salad, I'm going to have one or two pieces of pizza, not three or four. And so that to me is one where it's like called balance. Like I'm still living life. I'm still doing things I enjoy. Um, But it's one that if you fill up beforehand, this is another one. If you're doing kind of that intermittent fasting where your first meal might be lunch, make sure you stay hydrated through the day. Again, you are going to eat more. Your brain oftentimes mistakes um, thirst for hunger. So we eat and 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 we eat. And those are ones where you're like, hi, fill up your plate with some protein. Fill them up with some vegetables. If you want to get a little bit of dip, do a little bit of dip. But don't stand by the grazing table. Get a plate and walk away. (laughs) I speak from experience. When you're there, you're just going to do the thing where you like nibble and graze and nibble and graze and... It's just one you're like, I don't know how I gained how many pounds. And you're like, because you ate your weight in cheese and crackers because you were grazing. You know, so take the plate and then walk away. And then when you have that, if you're having, like I said, really heavy on the proteins, on the vegetables, if you choose those vegetables, try to ensure that they're not covered with like toasted marshmallows. <laughs> like, so fill up first. Stay really hydrated. Now you're wondering, what about dessert? Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853. Do you eat dessert? And the answer to that would be yes. I love pumpkin roll. I think that nuts in pumpkin rolls is a waste. It is absolutely absurd. Who thought that was a good idea? Should be off with your head. I will have a cut of pumpkin roll. Now it's going to be at the end of the meal and I will have one. I don't need to eat and I will, I will have to put it away, right? Because if it sits out, I'll probably want to have two and three. I'm going to do not like a obnoxious sliver. I'm also not going to do a very fat piece. I'm going to do right in the middle, right? I'm going to do an appropriate size piece. I'm going to do one and I'm not going to feel bad about it. So it's, you know, if you want that piece of pie, do like half a piece of pie. You don't need to have like half the pie. Have like a piece of pie, right? And again, if I have a giant salad to fill up on the beginning, I'm not going to feel as bad about it, you know? So just that kind of aspect of affirming what I do and the choices that I make. Now, no, it is often where you feel bad. I was um, reading this article. It was one of my 
alternative health in the news. And it was like, don't blame the turkey. Here's what experts say is really behind the food coma. And they're like, their explanation is that you're so busy that you don't uh, get enough sleep the night before. And I'm like, well, it's probably because you're having tons of carbohydrates. So you're having this huge sugar spike and this giant sugar crash, right? Like, and then from overeating and mostly high amounts of carbohydrate. And that's what contributes. Now, that being said, you know, turkey is really high in tryptophan, which helps produce melatonin. It, um, the byproduct of tryptophan to serotonin processes melatonin. So anyways, all that happens in the gut anyways. So just one of those aspects that you're like, live the holidays, right? Like enjoy your time, make good choices. If you're going to have a cocktail, you know, attempt to stay towards some of the lower glycemic cocktails. So like um, if you're going to drink, do the like vodka tequila with seltzer water so then that way it's just a little bit less in terms of what is impacted on your blood sugar vodka gin tequila sparkling water you can put some lime juice in there um oh meatballs are the other ones like healthy meatballs are another one that i do that's like a really good protein heavy dish that i can kind of control what sauce is on there without all the extra stuff so meatballs that's your end point (laughs) so Let's thrive through the holidays. Know that it's such a, a glorious and wonderful time. A couple biohack that you can use to help utilize your health through the holidays. Look forward to next week, but always remember, oh, if you want to schedule an appointment, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Look forward to next week. Always remember that your power is on. Your power is on.